Welcome back to day 48 of Listening for Hope. We're going to start with Hebrews 12. Jesus the Example. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Our Father's Discipline You have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood in your striving against sin, and you have have forgotten the exhortation which is addressed to you as sons. My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor faint when you are reproved by him. For those whom the Lord loves, he disciplines, and he scourges every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you endure. God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? But if you are without discipline, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Therefore we had earthly fathers to discipline us, and we respected them. Shall we not much rather be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time, as seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our good, so that we may share his holiness. All discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful, but sorrowful. Yet to those who have been trained by it afterwards, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Therefore, strengthen the hands that we are weak and the knees that are feeble. Therefore, strengthen the hands that are weak and the knees that are feeble, and make straight paths for your feet, so that the limb which is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Pursue peace with all men, and the sanctification without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springing up causes trouble, and by it may be defiled. Let there be no immoral or godless person like Esau, who sold his own birthright for a single meal. For you know that even afterwards, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected. For he found no place for repentance, though he sought for it with tears. Contrast of Sinai and Zion. For you have not come to a mountain that can be touched into a blazing fire, and to darkness and gloom and whirlwind, and to the blast of a trumpet and the sound of words which sound was such that those who heard begged that no further word be spoken to them. For they could not bear the command, if even a beast touches the mountain, it will be stoned. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I am full of fear and trembling. But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to myriads of angels, to the general assembly and the church of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood which speaks better than the blood of Abel. The Unshaken Kingdom 
see to it that you do not refuse him who is speaking. For if those did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, much less will we escape, will we escape who turn away from him who warns from heaven. And his voice shook the earth then, but now he has promised, saying, Yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heaven. This expression, yet once more, denotes the removing of those things which can be shaken, as of created things, so that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us show, the, show gratitude, by which we may offer to God an acceptable service with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Our next reading is Exodus 16 and Exodus 17. The Lord provides manna. Then they set out for Elim, and all the congregation of the sons of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elim and Sinai. Sinai. On the fifteenth day of the second month after their departure from the land of Egypt, the whole congregation of the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The sons of Aaron said to them, Would that we have died by the Lord's hand in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the pots of meat, when we ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you. And the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day, that I may test them, whether or not they will walk in my instruction. On the sixth day, when they prepared what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather daily. So Moses and Aaron said to all the sons of Israel, At evening you will know that the Lord has brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning you will see the glory of the Lord, for he hears your grumblings against the Lord. And what are we that you grumble against us? The Lord provides meat. Moses said, This will happen when the Lord gives you meat to eat in the evening and bread to the full in the morning. For the Lord hears your grumblings which you grumble against him. And what are we? Your grumblings are not against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, Say to all the congregation of the sons of Israel, Come near before the Lord, for he has heard your grumblings. It came about as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the sons of Israel, that they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, I have heard the grumblings of the sons of Israel. Speak to them, saying, At twilight you shall eat meat. And in the morning you shall be filled with bread, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God. So it came about at evening that the quails came up and covered the camp. And in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. Then the layer of dew evaporated. Behold, on the surface of the wilderness there was a fine flake-like thing, fine as the frost on the ground. When the sons of Israel saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, It is the bread which the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Gather of it, every man as much as he should eat. You shall take an omer apiece according to the number of persons each of you has in his tent. This Israel did so 
The sons of Israel did so, and some gathered much and some little. When they measured it with an omer, he who had gathered much had no excuse, and he who had gathered little had no lack. Every man gathered as much as he should eat. Moses said to them, Let no man leave any of it until morning. But they did not listen to Moses, and some left part of it until morning, and it bred worms and became foul. Moses was angry with them. They gathered in morning by morning. They gathered it morning by morning, every man as much as he should eat. But when the sun grew hot, it would melt. The Sabbath observed. Now on the sixth day, they gathered twice as much bread, two omers for each one. When all the leaders of the congregation came and told Moses, then he said to them, This is what the Lord meant. Tomorrow is a Sabbath of servants, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake, and boil what you will boil, and all that is left over put aside to be kept until morning. So they put it aside until morning, as Moses had ordered, and it did not become foul, nor was there any worm in it. Moses said, Eat it today, for today is a Sabbath to the Lord. Today you will not find it in the field. Six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will be none. It came about on the seventh day that some of the people went out to gather, but they found none. Then the Lord said to Moses, How long do you refuse to keep my commandments and my instructions? See, the Lord has given you the Sabbath, therefore he gives you bread for two days on the sixth day. Remain. Remain every man in his place. Let no man go out of his place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. The house of Israel named it manna, and it was like coriander seed, white, and it tasted like wafers with honey. And then Moses said, This is what the Lord has commanded. Let an omerful of it be kept throughout your generations, that they may see the bread that I fed you in the wilderness when I brought you out of the land of Egypt. Moses said to Aaron, take a jar and put an omer full of manna in it and place it before the Lord to be kept throughout your generations. As the Lord commanded Moses, so Aaron placed it before the testimony to be kept. The sons of Israel ate the manna 40 years until they came to an inhabited land. They ate the manna until they came to the border of the land of Canaan. Now an omer is the tent is a tenth of an ephah. Exodus 17 Water in the Rock Then all the congregation of the sons of Israel journeyed by stages from the wilderness of Sin, according to the command of the Lord, and camped at Rephidim. And there was no water for the people to drink. Therefore the people quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water that we may drink. And Moses said to them, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water, and they grumbled against Moses and said, Why now have you brought us out from Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? So Moses cried out to the Lord, saying, What shall I do to this people? A little more, and they will stone me. Then the Lord said to Moses, Pass before the people and take with you some of the elders of Israel, and take in your hand your staff which you, with which you struck the Nile, and go. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock at Horeb, and you shall strike the rock, 
and water will come out of it, and the people may drink. Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. He named the place Massah and Meribah because of the quarrel of the sons of Israel and because they tested the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? Amalek fought. Then Amalek came and fought against Israel, against Israel at Rephidim. So Moses said to Joseph, Choose men for us and go out. Fight among Amalek, against Amalek. Tomorrow I will station myself on the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. Joseph did as Moses told him and fought against Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. So it came about when Moses held his hand up that Israel prevailed. And when he let his hand down, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy. Then they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and one on the other. Thus his hands were steady until the sun set. So Joshua overwhelmed Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, Write this in a book as a memorial and recite it to Joshua, that I will utterly blot out the memory of Amalek from under heaven. Moses built an altar and named it, The Lord is my banner. And he said, The Lord has sworn, the Lord will have war against Amalek from generation to generation. Our last reading is Proverbs 7, 6 through 27. For at the window of my house I looked out through my lattice, and I saw among the naive and discerned among the youths, and a young, a young man lacking sense passing through the street near her corner, and he takes the way to her house. In the twilight, in the evening, in the middle of the night, and in the darkness, and behold, a woman comes to meet him, dressed as a harlot and cunning of heart. She is boisterous and rebellious. rebellious. Her feet do not remain at home. She is now in the streets, now in the squares, and lurks by every corner. So she seizes him and kisses him, and with a brazen face, she says to him, I was due to offer peace offerings. Today I have paid my vows. Therefore I have come out to meet you, to seek your presence earnestly, and I have found you. I have spread my couch with coverings, with colored linens of Egypt. I have sprinkled my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us drink our fill of love until morning. Let us delight ourselves with caresses. For my husband is not at home, and he has gone out on a long journey. He has taken a bag of money with him. At the full moon, he will come home. With her many persuasions, she entices him. With her flattery lips, she seduces him. Suddenly, he follows her as an ox goes to slaughter, or as one in fetters through the discipline of a fool, until an arrow pierces through his liver, as a bird hastens to the snare, so he does not know that it will cost him his life. Now therefore, my sons, listen to me, and pay attention to the words of my mouth. Do not let your heart turn aside to her ways, and do not stray into her paths. For many are the victims she has cast down, and numerous are all her slain. 
Her house is the way to shale, descending to the chambers of death. And that is the end of proverb of day 48. Let's pray. Lord God, I pray that you will show us more of what it means that Jesus is the author and perfecter of faith. Each of us has a portion of faith, some bigger, some smaller. And I thank you for writing it out for us and then allowing us to walk in it, allowing us to make it ours. It's very gracious of you, God, to allow us to be the active one in our faith and not just kind of like a fish caught in the water reeling us in. You allow us to fight for our faith. Please allow everybody who can hear my voice to understand what it means to be the author and perfecter and what responsibility that is given to you and what responsibility that is required of us. It says that who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Joy is not always an emotion. Lord, and help us to remember that sometimes, like, it is, it is a stepping of faith. It is a step forward. It is a step around sin. It is a redirection of our heart. It's understanding that in the maturity of our growth, we don't get everything we ask for. And what a good thing that is. Help us to remember, God, that even though you are the author, we're the players in our own life. We do have a choice because you have graciously given us the choices to our life. You don't require us blindly to just follow you. That's pretty amazing. And in that same breath, you ask for us to be correct. You ask for us to straighten our, our way, to correct behavior that is dangerous and detrimental and less than hopeful and unfaithful. Lord, you showed me the other night that making the one choice at that moment to do what is right by you is such a glorious thing in heaven because it brings about the next choice that we have a chance to align ourselves with you. That's pretty amazing that you give us that much that we're allowed to partake that much of the changes that you're doing I can't wait to be with you to completely and fully understand what it is that you want 
what it is that you have given your son for. And to have everybody there understanding and praising you and glorifying you and just in awe of you. And I think it's going to be something that we can't fathom now. Even the love that is in my heart that's pouring out right now, like, it won't even measure up to this. The understanding you give me even now will not measure up to this. <laughs> it's amazing, God. I ask that you... Um, Help us to remember that not just the story of Moses and the obedience, but there was a part in there that really spoke to me today. That you do test us and you do crave for us to be obedient. Not just so that you can be right. That is ego. That is not a complete form of purity. It's, it's a mixture of everything. It's a mixture of all the parts that, like ego and, and purity, we can't understand any of it, really. I can't wait to understand it completely, but you ask for us to be obedient, and you do test us, and you want us to walk so closely with you that you you desire it so greatly that you give us so many chances you know i think that's an amazing thing that you it's like it's like teaching children you know that they're going to make a wrong choice because they're not mature enough to make the right choice continually but you know one day they will be. And you have hope that one day they'll do it without you there. Without your eyes on them. And they do. We just don't see it. They don't do it 100% of the time. But most of the time they do. And then maybe one day they realize that the way you've trained them or that they have been trained by their parent is not just the safest way, but the most healthiest way to live their life. Help us to take um, the story of the manna and understand that God continued to teach him for 40 years. And yes, it was discipline that they couldn't go into the promised land because they didn't have faith but he also provided for them and made miracles for them in that discipline to help them to grow up to help them mature and maybe not, maybe only a small handful of people were able to go into the promised land or 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 no one but he still allowed them to grow as a people he didn't destroy them as he could have I thank you for all of the um, 
all of the times that you give us a chance to do the right thing. I thank you for all the times that you're trying to teach us, including myself, a piece of wisdom that maybe we were refusing to just take in. And maybe we even understand that it is best for us. But I'm thankful for your patience, Father. Help us to desire your will and to desire your wisdom. Lord God, you've really put it on my heart lately since reading the Pro through Proverbs about how It's a necessity to watch our minds and our in our our hearts and our and where our feet go and what our eyes do and see what we allow into our minds. Any form of sin, any form of brazenness is not of you any form of somebody trying to turn our head into a different direction other than you is not is not good it takes our eyes off you and we forget where we're going and then we can turn into a different area of our life that we wish we hadn't Help us to not allow our, our head to be turned, our hearts to be turned, our eyes to catch a glimpse and to be swayed. And I'm not just talking about the physical, about the romantically physical, which can be a huge distraction to people, but there are many areas like finances, money, relationships that are hindering growth in our life desires of our heart our own thought of what our life was going to be like the people we thought we were going to be and are now the de the one simple desire of wanting a house or a car or a job to provide status those things are really not important you do actually provide for us if we pay attention help us to remember that Lord I pray that you bless us as we continue to listen to your word give us hope God revive our memories of when you've stepped in and shown us something amazing and matured us in a way that has brought goodness to our family to our friends to our workplace to our co-workers to a stranger on the street because you were strong somebody was strong enough to talk to them when in other times they would have been. 
those are amazing lord those miracles that seem small are gigantic really and we thank you god help us to remember that you are always doing good that that is your character your permanent character we love you god in the name of jesus amen all right talk to you tomorrow